The Mom Buns Podcast is part girl talk, part therapy session, and loads of life hacks in between. Join two college BFFs who reunited in their 30s with careers, husbands, and babies in tow. Moms have a lot to say, and we aren't holding back. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Mom Buns Podcast. This is Lauren. And Ashley. And hey, Ash, we're back after a long holiday weekend, and school is definitely now in session for all of our kids. Um, Man, how are you feeling? Things are in motion. I mean... It's just readjusting to a new normal and, but I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah. I'm digging it. I mean, they're in school, so that's kind of nice. I saw a post the other day and it was about like, it was like the meme of the kindergarten mom and just crying her eyes out. And then like the first through 12th grade mom is like, you know, like the party mom. Yes. Uh, get together. And I was like, that's exactly what it is. Cause you are a kindergarten mom this year. Yes. Does it break your heart a little bit? No. That's the thing. I am so not the norm. Like even the principal saw us drop our kid off at school the other day and she's like, oh, this isn't your first one, is it? And we're like, oh no, it is. See ya. Have a good day, Isabella. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not the mom who cried. I think I might cry when it's my last kid, but this is my first kid. And, um, and she's very independent. So that really helps. I think that's probably why, because she's just like loving school and so excited to go. And it's a great thing for our family. So, so the, the question is, are you the mom who's like shouting for joy and jumping up and down now that you have a, is he in first grade already? He's in first grade. Um, I remember last year, the first day of school, we we were planning to take him in and he was like, Hey, I want to ride the bus. And I was like, whoa, really? And he's like, yeah, I really want to ride the bus. Oh, okay. So marched him out to the bus stop and then it was gone. And I was like, that's it. Like, I don't get any like first day of school picture, you know, like in the classroom or whatever. And I was like, okay. Like we do our first day of school pictures on the porch. So no big deal. Yeah. Um, so I don't think, I would think it was a little more sad last year, but this year we had to walk in like school supplies and new classroom. So I want to make sure he knew like where the stuff was that needed to go. So I did the, I did walk him in yesterday. Um, we dropped off the other kids and we went and had like a quick, um, bite, like a, just a little treat at the coffee shop and took him in. And so I didn't cry. Um, I'm not, I don't really get sad for them. I get excited for them. Um, and then I promptly signed up to help in the classroom of my daughter's first day of preschool. Yes. Um, so like I, there will be no time to like be upset. I'll be with her all day. And that's the beauty of the co-op preschool is you can miss your kids, but you can also go and be in the classroom with them. So I that's huge. So no, I haven't really cried for those things yet. I was probably more closer to tears or more proud watching him play hockey over the summer because it's like literally his favorite thing in the whole world. And even though like I couldn't see, you know, his, his face all the time, I just knew he had the biggest smile on his face all like the entire time he was at hockey camp. So I just, that actually makes me like more like emotional than thinking about when you just going to school. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. That's, I get that. I get that. And I love how, I love how much he loves hockey. Yes. That's fantastic. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm like back to school. Woohoo. Let's go. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that your daughter, like a weekend or two weeks into to kindergarten, what's some of the things that she's come home and like talk to you about? Like, have you noticed any changes or anything that like is just kind of funny or, or silly that's come out of school? 
She's digging it for sure. But there, you're right. There is something that we ran into that I didn't even see coming um, because she went to a preschool before and it was a fairly small school. And now she goes to elementary school. They have a special kindergarten yard. So it's for the littler kids. So they don't get nailed by the big kids when the big kids are running around, which I'm grateful for. Um, but she came home the other day and she said, there are these girls and they're following us around and they're mean. And I was like, okay. So I try to get more information because you know, when they get home from school and they tell you stuff, you're getting like a a smidgen of what the actual information is. And so the more digging I did throughout the evening, because you know, I'm more, I'm an interrogator, so I have to watch it. Like I will ask you a million questions. It's just what we were taught, you and I. <laughs> um, we come by it naturally. That's true. Um, so I have to be very careful how I ask them so that she doesn't feel like she's being bombarded. And so after asking a million questions through the course of the evening, I come to discover, she said, the kids make really weird noises. They don't talk to me. They follow us around. We try to hide from them. They're mean and scary. And so I kind of thought about it. And I realized that they have special ed kids that are at their school. Mm -hmm. And those kids, in order for them to be safe, play on the kindergarten yard, but they're not all in kindergarten. So some of them are older and we've not had a lot of exposure in our family to um, kids with disabilities. And I wasn't aware that that was happening so I could prepare her for it. Mm -hmm. So we had a long talk with her about how, um, these kids are different and it's really important that we understand what they need. So we're trying to explain to her that they weren't mean. They just didn't know how to communicate. Got it. So, um, you know, it's, it's tricky because I, I'm not there. I don't know the situation, but I said, I don't care what other kids do on your playground. You don't run away from these girls because they probably just want to play with you, but they can't say it. Mm -hmm. And it's not their fault. That's how they were born. So we want you to be the kind girl that we know that we've taught to be, you know, have a warm, caring heart and you say hello to them and you don't run away from them. We understand that it can be scary when they're loud and they can't speak to you the way that you're used to hearing somebody speak to you, but that's not their fault. And you need to give them the grace to communicate with you the way that they're able to, even if that's not a way you understand. So, but it made her feel bad. I mean, she was in tears by the end of the conversation because we told her by running away and hiding from them, that's a mean thing to do even though that was, you know, I think she was prompted by another kid. Sure. Didn't know how to react either. Sure. But also like I was kind of mad because not mad, but just irritated in that, like, I didn't know how to prepare my kid for this. I didn't know I needed to. And I would have given, tried to give her the tools to handle it in a much different way because these poor kids, you know, these other kids are running away from them and they probably just want to play. Right. So how awful do they feel? That because my kid didn't know. That takes me back to, you know, first, second, third grade. And, you know, I remember having people that were a little bit different in our classes. And I remember how we weren't prepared to, to deal with that or didn't know what to do with that. And probably the same thing. Like I just actually had a vision of like running away from somebody on the playground because she was, you know, different. And that's, right. that's what we did. And I don't know that moms 
you know, 30 years ago, one like supported each other in the same like community ways and, and being more understanding, being more accepting of, of different is just different and not, um, and giving kids the tools to do that rather than just kids just trying to work it out themselves. And I think now maybe we're seeing that manifest as adults, Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, I don't really think, uh, we're not the, the participation trophy generation. Truly. We didn't ask for participation trophies. Our parents gave them to us. Yes. So I really don't think that millennials are the, the participation trophy generation at all. Maybe we received them, but when we received them, maybe we realized that everybody was maybe a little bit more equal, like on equal footing. And because everybody got a trophy, not just the MVP and not just that. So while we didn't ask for them, I think how we maybe perceive that um, maybe hopefully leads us to a little bit more equality. And I, I just love what you were saying about giving your children the tools to, to deal with something that is different. And there's a lot of things that are different yeah. today in our world, right? Um, whether you are four, five, and six and getting into school for the first time, and there are children who think differently, speak differently, function differently, um, that kind of thing. And then as you grow up, certainly in the teenage years, in the high school, college years, we're all different. Like we're all trying to figure out what our differences are and stop running from them mm-hmm. and start embracing them. And so, and now that looks like maybe you're identifying with a letter, right? Maybe it's an LGBTQ X kind of thing. And, and that's how you're identifying because what made you different now you're able to embrace it. Um, my sister was certainly that way. Um, she didn't come out to us as a family until she was in college, until she had a chance to kind of explore what made her different and, and get comfortable with it and understand it and put kind of some, some framing around it. Um, my sister just got married to her wonderful wife. Hmm. And that's another case of now I'm her sister. Like she's still my sister, but my kids have two aunts Mm -hmm. on one side and they have an aunt and an uncle on another side. And this is the first time in my family where that's really come up. Um, My kids don't know any different and they don't treat them any different. Different is just different. It doesn't have to be weird. It doesn't have to be scary or frightening. Even if it, it creates uncertainty, I think it's really the parent's choice to really help a child go through the uncertainty to say, that's something you should be scared of or choose to do what you did, Ashley, and say, this is not their fault. This is how God made them. Just because they're different doesn't mean it's bad or scary. We don't need to be mean to them. You know what we do need to do? We need to say hello. We need to recognize and see this person as a person. Mm -hmm. This person has value. This person can bring something to us. This person can teach us something different. And so I see it in so many ways of life. You know, as a parent, we don't get to choose how our kid comes out. Yeah. It's it's so outside our own control. And I really believe, you know, the more that I see and and hear from parents who, you know, whether it's at birth, they realize 
that God made their child different. Maybe they've got more chromosomes or just something a little bit different, you know, and even me who at birth, like, okay, everybody's got fingers and toes. Like we're great. We're super healthy. You know, now six years into my son and I've talked pretty openly about the things that we've, that we're challenged with, with him. Right. Do. And I worry about that. Does, does, does someone think that he's different Mm-hmm. in a way that they're going to pick on him or, or do something that, that doesn't hurt. And you, again, you can't tell looking at my kid, like he might have a sensory issue or emotional regulation, but we're all but if the kids saw him on the playground and he was having a hard day. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, but it could That's- be, it could be anything. Uh-huh. It could be. And the, the thing that I've tried to impress upon my kids from I mean, even in the last, starting in the last couple of years is how, if we were all the same, this would be a super boring place to live. Right. And what makes it so wonderful is that we are all different and different looks like a lot of things. I think you and I are lucky in the regard that your sister and her wife, that's just, that's your kid's normal. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have two aunties here and I have an aunt and uncle here. Like, whatever. That's just, they're normal. Yeah. Um, I have, in, in my oldest class, she has a friend who has two moms. She doesn't bat an eye because my parents are divorced and I have two moms. So that's normal to her. Like, she hasn't asked, <laughs> why does she have two moms and not dad? Because it's like, oh, well, she must have two dads too. You know, like that's, and it's not something we've had to even discuss because you know, that's, I have two moms, so it's just whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there are a lot of families who don't get that much exposure to those things. And there's a lot more explaining that has to be done. And I feel like it has to happen over and over again, like in different circumstances, in different ways. If you see somebody who has a disability or is in a wheelchair, you've got to teach them instead of, for, for you to walk by and have your kids say loudly, why does that person not have any legs as you walk by them? Treat them like a human being and say, you know what? Let's go talk to them. Mm-hmm. It's uncomfortable for the parents sometimes. That's a stranger and maybe you don't want to share your story. But you've got to teach them to have compassion and be open And there's been times that we went to a hotel and there was a a lady who was probably a little bit younger than me. She was in a wheelchair. I could tell she didn't have a lot of um, cognitive abilities to speak or whatever. And she was playing with a baby toy. And my kids said, hey, why does that lady have a baby toy? And why is she in there? And I said, because that's what makes her happy. And she's not able to play the same way you are. Mm -hmm. And the woman who was taking care of her looked at me and smiled Mm -hmm. as in like, thank you. I got you because it wasn't, it didn't seem like the appropriate time or place. There were a million people around and you know, it would just, to me from gauging how my kids were and the situation, it didn't seem like it was the appropriate time to do that. But I said loud enough for the lady to hear that's how God made her. And that's what makes her happy. And the kids were like, great. Right. And, and sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. What I've learned is, and we were in, I was talking to the preschool teacher last night who I love. And now that preschool started, I'm probably going to bring some of her preschool isms 
um, into the conversations that we have. But she, um, she reminded us as parents that on a good day, your child hears about five words out of your mouth oh. on a good day in, on a, at a bad moment or where they're stressed out or they're not, you know, they're not paying attention um, in their cortex, their frontal cortex is, you know, kind of firing off. They're going to hear one word. Wow. So in that situation, to say exactly what you said, God made her different. That's what makes her happy is exactly what they need to know. And that's what they it. are small. They're small. They don't, they don't necessarily need, and you can tell when they're ready to have a conversation mm-hmm. and about it. And they might ask a question, like one or two more questions. And you can tell when they just need that, that first level of insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like just kind of cluing into like what you tell a three and a four-year-old looks a lot different than what you can tell like a six and a seven-year-old and how you can explain that. But if they're together, the simpler you have that conversation, the better. Driving home from um, an outing last week with, with my son, my oldest, um, we had ran in, we had met a lady um, who, she's beautiful, but she has kind of a longer, a more elongated nose. Um, and it's like, it's her, it's her prominent feature in, she's beautiful. She's a great lady. Um, but he made a comment about that in a car, just her facial features. And he said, is that the one with the cartoon looking nose? And I was like, I'm so glad you didn't say that in front of her. Oh my gosh. Like, they have no filter. No. And he's like, she looks like, it reminds me of a character on like, I don't like he said, like Hotel Transylvania or something like that. So, but you know what he was getting at. But, um, I, and so let's just pivot that into a teaching moment. That's just how God made her. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. She can't help that. Right. That's how God, God made us all different. We all have different things. Yep. Daddy has big feet, you know? Yeah. Mommy has weird toes, whatever. <laughs> so, um, you know, but just again, like just framing the word different for them in a way that doesn't make them immediately push back on it. Right. That in a positive way, in a positive way so that they can embrace like, Oh, that's just different. Yes. I don't need to be scared of it. I don't need to be mean because of it. Mm-hmm. Like inside there's a person. Yes. So let's make sure that we're talking like person to person. And I don't think there's anyone who's too young to hear that. And actually, if we were smart enough, we would actually look at how our kids treat each other. Yeah. Or how our kids walk into situations where something is different mm-hmm. because kids don't have that filter, but they also don't have the prejudice that yeah. we have acquired and developed over decades and decades of life. Ugh. So my kids don't look at their aunts any different than they look at mom and dad or their aunt and uncle. Right. Mm-hmm. My son at the wedding wasn't covering his eyes when they kissed because that grosses like, because kissing in general grosses them out. Yeah. Not who's kissing. Right. Right. So that's, and that's the thing. And they don't know like, okay, okay. Like you love each other. We can see the love. You love me. That's what I need to know. Great. It's as simple and they don't as that. Care. Yep. Yeah. And that's, you're right. And that's the thing. And you know what? I, I, I will say 
we've tried to impress upon our kids that message so much so that the other day, the little one who's three and a half, I guess, I guess, I don't know, somewhere in there. (laughs) Um, she said, huh, that's different because she saw something that to me was weird because I'm an adult and I have my own judgments. And she goes, huh, that's different. And I was like, yeah, it is. And I thought, thank you, Jesus, that that's how she looks at it. And we're doing something right somewhere in here. Mm-hmm. You might be doing 17 things wrong, but we're doing something right in there that if you say different is not bad, different is just different. Mm-hmm. And just, and I've said to them, just because people do things a way that's not the same. I mean, I've said the same damn thing to my husband. Just because I do things a different way than you do doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's right. It's just different. different. I mean, you're giving them the tools if you frame it like that. And I think the more open and honest you can be about it, the better off they will be when they become older and become adults. Yeah. Going off of that, I just want to add one more thing is, um, and again, a preschoolism was our teacher was talking about the difference between a three-year-old class and a four-year-old class. And as we have kids going into a four-year-old's class, and one of the things she said was like, last year, you really needed to kind of step in more and be more present to make sure that things like sharing happened or whatever. She said this year, back off. Don't let anybody get hurt, but you got to let your kids figure it out for themselves. And they will. Give them the tools, give them the words. Can I have a turn? Right. And these different things that give them the tools. But when they're in the moment of that interaction, like back off. And she said, You can't always save your kids. Mm-mm. And that's the hardest part as a parent. You want to, you want to, you want to save them, whether on either side of an interaction, especially when around difference, right? Yeah. If, if whoever, you know, there's two, there's two kids, there's, there's two sets of families and and parents and stuff in any one of those interactions. But she said, you can't save your kids. And it's the hardest thing as a parent. But if you let them go, if you let, if you give them the, the tools and then the ability to work through something together, work within it, whether it's sharing a toy or taking a turn or, or something a little bit bigger, she's like, that's, that gives them the social skills that they need to succeed going further. Yeah. And I believe that. I mean, it goes into adulthood. This is a conversation you and I have had so many times. It's just, yeah. So I'm, I'm keep these preschoolisms going, lady. which is, it's, <sighs> oh, she's, I got two more years with her and I just can't, uh, you know, I cannot tell you enough, like how much this lady has changed our lives and like, and how we approach parenting mm-hmm. just through look like watching her in her classroom and being in her classroom with her. It's just, it's incredible. So yes, I'm happy to do that. But um, yeah, I just love that. Like you can't save your kids and it's yeah. okay. And and that's a lesson that parents need to learn it when their kids are four. Yeah. Right. And continue that. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I wish this came with a manual. This job. <laughs> Well, it might not come with a manual, but at least it comes with a podcast or two. That's true. (laughs) And that's why we're here. Yes.
Okay. Uh, last, last but not least, what's your favorite thing this week? I need to know <laughs> anything in your, anything in your mind. That's your favorite thing. My favorite thing this week is my garage fridge. <laughs> I finally took the plunge and got one. Um, we put, we've always had a garage freezer like for years. Um, it's gone out on us twice. So I, I know that the timing on that is short. And uh, we finally just got, we found one in town that was like really cheap and we put it in the garage and it's not full, but just like it's somewhere to keep like our drinks cold, like the ice packs cold and uh, we have half a pig coming in a month. So now I know I have the overage space for half a pig. That's amazing. I, we grew up with a garage fridge and a freezer. And I will tell you, I mean, there were five of us in my family. So you kind of had to, it's like your house. There were three kids. I don't know how my parents would survive without it. Yeah. I really you know, don't. It's, it's amazing to be like, I can pick up two things of milk in one shopping trip. And then like, that saves me a whole nother trip this week. Mm -hmm. So huge. How about you? Favorite thing this week? Okay. My favorite thing this week is, uh, it's been really warm here for us. I say that to the people who are listening in the desert <laughs> um, is, you know, they make those seltzer waters that are spiked. Yes. It is a low calorie, lovely mom drink to have at the end of the day. People who, who listen to our podcast probably think I drink all the time and I really don't drink that much, but just at um, the end of the day, just at the end of the day on a particularly long day after bedtime was a mess. Um, but yes, that's, that's, that's my favorite thing this week are those, what are they called? White, white claw or Henry's. Yeah. It's refreshing. But what's your flavor of choice? Because I haven't found a flavor I really like. The Henry's makes a blueberry one that I, like is so random, but I really like it. Okay. I'll try it. So give it a With shot. My arm. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. All right. That does it for another episode of mom buns, ladies uh, and dads. Put your buns up, get to work, uh, hug your kids, and don't try to save them. Just give them the tools to, to do their thing because what different is just different and the world's going to be a much better place when we figure that out. Thanks for listening to the Mom Buns Podcast. And don't forget to catch our latest episodes wherever you find all your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Have a good day. Bye-bye.